whoever wins the World Cup, you're just going to have an amazing time. Not all teams can get the victory. What sort of a position women's football holds inside the halls of power of FIFA? I wish I could go to Australia because I know it's going to be fantastic. The ticket. Reflections. Welcome back to the Ticket to the Cup daily podcast. Tracy Holmes with you and Servette Uzenla, Matilda number 162. Uh, sitting here in the sun, you can't see us, but let me tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm really pushing it with Servette today, asking her to uh, deal with all sorts of trauma. I put her on live TV, didn't tell her it was going to happen. <laughs> anyway, I just turned up. Yeah, she just way, turned up, yeah. Okay. Here's another thing. What else can we do? Put you to work for the ABC. Uh, but let's talk about um, these games last night, because now we know who the quarterfinals are. I suppose we should start with Australia-France, because that will be the major talking point here. What can we expect? What will the girls do now, the Matildas, in preparation for Saturday's quarterfinal? Oh, look, they'll prepare like any any other game. Um, I think this game will probably be the toughest yet. Obviously, going deeper into the tournament, games hold more weight. Um, France, France are looking really good. They've got a lot of um, attacking power, and they proved that. I mean, they scored four goals against Morocco. So... Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be a good game. I know I know we've played them previously, prior to the World Cup, um, and we won that one nil. And we can and we can build from that. Um, but we um, I think I think it's going to be a tough game for sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So just in that, you know, four nil over Morocco. Um, it, it was a giant and sort of David scenario. But Morocco has been one of those great stories, and it's really fantastic to see teams like Morocco, Jamaica getting through to the knockout stage and what does it say about football globally because we're so used to back in the day it was pretty much usa then it became european dominated with yeah. with usa every second time uh and and now it's just everywhere yeah i mean obviously there's a, a lot more money and resources put into women's football um in nations that we haven't seen um and now i feel like they're catching up um, and and you know when you look at this World Cup, it shows you what what a bit of focus and investment and care can do, and a bit of belief um, within the women's game and within those nations that you wouldn't typically see them support um, women's football. Um, but yeah, it's 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 really opened up the tournament. Um, it's given opportunities for girls that maybe would never have the chance to play at major tournaments for their country so um, yeah it's really it's really opened up the game um, and and it's made it more exciting so you've got teams that 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 should be be here that aren't US Germany Canada and teams that you would have never have thought um, so it's been it's been exciting all right let's take you to that France Morocco game uh, Emma Rebellato was there uh, she um, spoke about the match afterwards and we've also got some interviews from the mix zone. Well, we had a few certainties before this game. We knew France was the clear favourite. We knew that Morocco had already exceeded expectations and wanted to go one better. We also knew, without a shadow of a doubt, that the fans would bring their voices, would bring all the energy and excitement to the game here at Highmarsh Stadium. Allez les bleus, allez la France Allez la France 
Well, Morocco was hoping for an upset. France certainly had other ideas. They absolutely dominated from the get-go. Their first goal came after a beautiful one-two pass. That came in the 15th minute and France just did not let up. The second goal came in the 20th minute. Just a few minutes later, star Eugenie Le Sommer scored. She scored again in the second half, France winning here at Highmarsh Stadium 4-0. So the Matildas no doubt would have been watching this match very closely. They now know they need to beat France in the quarterfinal to get to the next stage, to reach the semi-final. Can they do it? Well, we spoke to a few fans after this game to see what they thought. Reckon Australia will win? <laughs> uh, that's a tough question. Obviously, I'd like to, the Matildas to do really well and because they've played amazingly against Canada and uh, the last game was fantastic against Denmark. Um, I hope Australia wins, but I think it's going to be a tough game. Well, what a way to finish off Adelaide's involvement in the Women's World Cup. We had sellout games, we had history-making results. No doubt football fans here won't ever forget this tournament. Well, first, congratulations on a great result. How did you sum up that performance by your team? Yeah, it's a, it was a good game for us. We started really well and uh, we scored like really fast in the first half, so it helped uh, us for the for the for the rest of the game. Uh, I think we we scored three goals in ten minutes, maybe. So uh, it was a great performance to to start this game, and uh, we are happy tonight with the, the win. How important is it to get those early goals to try and take the, the game away early? Because we know in against this kind of team, if you don't score. Uh, earlier, you can uh, you can give them confidence, and uh, that's why we wanted to score first and uh, and fast. Uh, so it was the plan uh, the plan we wanted, and uh, it worked uh, perfectly. So it was good for us. And you seem to play very direct tonight, a lot of long balls and, and quick down the field. Is that part of your, your game plan? Yeah, we knew that um, this team can. Uh, uh, can defend really well when they are uh, prepared and when they have time to 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 be organized. So we wanted at the when as soon as we get the ball to uh, to have this transition and we did well. Um, yeah, we could do better, but it was a, a good game for us. And what did you make of Morocco's campaign of making history for their yeah, country? Yeah, it's it's um, it's amazing for them uh, first to qualify for the World Cup and. And second to 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 be in, in this uh, in this round of 16, it was uh, something un unexpected. And uh, I just want to remember that they they pulled off uh, Germany. So it's uh, it's crazy when you think about it. Yeah. And lastly, Australia. Next, how are you feeling about playing the host nation? How difficult will that be? Yeah, it will be difficult because all the stadium will be against us. But we will be prepared for that and. Uh, uh, we will uh, work really well on the video and uh, with the staff to, to analyze this team. Uh, we played against them some days ago and we lost, so we want to, to win this time. Thank you very Thank much. You. How did you guys rate the performance out there? Yeah, I mean, it's difficult, you know. It's the first game that if you win, you don't win, you go home. So the pressure was on us, obviously, because they did a, a really well, a, a really good World Cup. Um, for them, it was already a good World Cup before the game. Us is completely different, so the pressure was on us. I think we started the game really well, that uh, it helped us to get the pressure away, and uh, yeah, good victory. 
And speaking of pressure, I guess there's usually quite a lot of pressure on the France team because you have so much talent and you've never really been able to get that first trophy before. Is this the year and um, yeah, how much belief is going through the team? I mean, obviously, yeah, we're always talking about France, but we never won anything. So um, I think the most important now is to take game by game and see what, what is happening. Um, obviously, when you this three more game, when you look at like this, you say three is nothing, but it's actually as well a really long way. Um, Australia at home is going to be really complicated. We see like we watched them yesterday night and they look really like they play with freedom and stuff with a stadium that an incredible atmosphere and stuff so yeah we focus tonight straight away and we don't have a lot of time so yeah and just a quick question um like as a muslim woman yourself was it a proud feeling as well seeing benzina wear the hijab tonight yeah 100 percent. i mean every i mean sports is for um, how i can say like everyone needs to be free and feeling good if she's feeling good that way uh, that's the most important I don't think like it's a problem for anyone. Um, I'm really happy that uh, she's uh, she showed the world that it's possible to play with the hijab and uh, it doesn't bother anyone. And I was really proud of her for that because obviously the light was on her. It's not easy, um, but she was proud and uh, we are proud of her herself too. And do you hope that one day that will be possible in France as well, considering there's a ban on the hijab, like women wearing the hijab from the Football Federation? Yeah, I respect the decision of the Federation, obviously. Um, they have their reason, and uh, I really respect that. Um, after personally, I don't think it bother anyone uh, that she wear that. Just one more on playing Australia. How difficult is it to play against the the home team at a World Cup with, with such big crowd support? Yeah, I mean, you, you play for atmosphere like this. It's World Cup atmosphere. I remember the last game we played against Brazil was incredible. Uh, all the stadiums, it was like 49,000 people for, for Brazil. And the anthem was like such a, a big memory for me. And yeah, World Cup is like this, like full stadium and great atmosphere. And uh, it's up to us to like handle the pressure played Australia in a friendly before the World Cup. What do you take out of that match ahead of the quarterfinal? A lot, to be honest. Um, that wasn't a great result for us, but we were still in preparation. We're going to be a completely different team uh, the next game and uh, hopefully win the game. The ticket. Yeah, so one of the lovely things about that, I was watching at the end of the match and, uh, you know, the Moroccan fans, even though they'd been beaten comprehensively, um, the fans were still going off. The team went over. You would have thought they'd won the game. They spent all the time they could signing autographs, signing shirts. They have become heroes, not just to the Moroccans at home, but to Moroccans everywhere, including here in Australia. And I think this is one of the beautiful stories about multiculturalism in Australia. And when you host an event like the World Cup, there's someone for everyone. Yeah, and I feel like Australia loves an underdog and I feel like we were once them. So it's it's nice to see the community that, um, here supporting them, but also supporting an underdog and like a like a fairy tale story. Um, and it's great. I mean, they lost 4-0 and they're there dancing and celebrating. And that's and that's what football does. Right. So, um, no, it's they've had a great, great tournament. All right, let's go to Colombia and Jamaica. Colombia winning that one, one nil. We don't often talk about Colombia, but they are the second ranked team in South America. But you know, you'd be pretty hard luck 
being put second place to Brazil because Brazil just takes headlines, it takes space, it takes coverage, yeah. and they deserve it. I'm not saying they don't. <laughs> uh, but, you know, Colombia's here this time and Brazil is not. So um, really interesting to see now know how far they can go but it's going to be a challenge because basically from here on in it's top ranked teams yeah look very hard for them but I mean they're playing some great football like you said you know when you've got a powerhouse like Brazil it's very hard to kind of not fall into the shadow of them um, it's obviously it was Marta's last tournament as well so there was lots of hype there but hey look at them go I mean they beat Colombia uh, sorry they beat Jamaica 1-0 um, and who, who do they play in the I think they come up against Spain. Spain. Uh, no, do they? Let me have a look. Uh, no, I just made that up. Here are the quarterfinals, everybody. Spain play the Netherlands. Japan will play Sweden. Australia plays France. England play Colombia. So that's going to be really fascinating. I think now these games are really going to be crackers, yeah? Um, teams that you wouldn't expect um, um, are up there. Uh, and, and England's facing a challenge, you know, with one of their stars out. Lauren James. Yeah, that that is devastating for her. I'm not sure what went through her mind with 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 that moment. Um, so for those who don't know, she got up after a tackle and basically stomped on the opposition player, which like she didn't even try and disguise. She just stomped on her back and was red carded. Well, she was yellow carded and then they went to VAR and now having VAR, you can't hide anywhere, right? So the refs checked that and gone, well, actually that's a red card. Um, she'd be so disappointed with herself. England, fantastic to hold on, go to penalties and win that game. I'm not sure if she's missing one game or she might miss more than one game. She's missing two games, you're telling me. Wow, that is... That's devastating for her. Look, I'm, I'm sure she would love to have that moment back. Um, sometimes in games there's like frustration and you kind of lose your head. And again, with VAR, you can't hide. So um, that's really disappointing. A big blow for them, um, but very good for Colombia, thinking of that. Um, and so that game will be interesting too to see what happens. Yeah. Well, Mary Gearan was at that game. Let's take a listen to what she thought. In a stadium dominated by excited, loud Colombian fans, their team staged a torrid physical attack. The reggae girls absorbed the pressure but struggled to find opportunities in attack and it would take a very special effort. It came in the 51st minute. Anna Guzman, a rising star on her competitive debut, passing beautifully to captain Catalina Uzme. Jamaica's best chance came from Drew Spence in the 83rd minute, a header that went wide. Colombia could have made it too, but Santos's header hit the post and a last gasp corner couldn't help Jamaica either. Columbia be through to the quarterfinals of the Women's World Cup for the very first time. So let's do some hypothesising. We know that Tony <laughs> Gustafson from uh, the Matildas camp has been planning for all sorts of outcomes. No matter what okay. was going to happen, he's got a plan for it. So uh, let's pretend we're him right now. And the plan says we beat France. Do we beat them in regular time, in extra time or in penalties? Oh, I, I hate doing this, Tracy. <laughs> That's why coaches do it. Players just go out and play, but the coaches have to do this. But you coach. I do coach. I would, I would hope that we would beat them in regular time to save legs. Um, but you just don't know um, the occasion, the nerves, moments in games like red cards and things like that can happen. Um, I would say... I would say it very well could go down to pens only because we've seen so many games go down to the wire. 
Um, but of course, Tony would love to win that in regular time, of course. Yeah. Okay, so that would mean we get into the semis mm. and we would play either England or Colombia. I'd be very confident there too, to be honest. Um, no matter who wins that match? I feel like if we beat France with the way that they're playing and the way that we're playing, if we beat them, I feel like we could win this. We could go all the way. We don't need to discuss any further. We've given the World Cup to Australia. What a Wonderful. great place to end today's podcast. <laughs> we are amazing. We've just, sorry, secrets out. Matilda's win. You've heard it here first. So, really great talking to you. Thanks for joining us once again. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, Tracy.